if oil collapses now, Kuwait will collapse as a country. Um, but I kind of want that to happen, and um, I'm trying to prepare <laughs> for its demise, basically. Hello, this is the Ya 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 Nay 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 podcast, where we're listening to our highlights from our archive and where we're presenting new artist contributions. My name is Arif. And my name is Ratna. And in this episode, we're going to listen to uh, Monira Alkadiri doing a reading from the Rijksakademie uh, two years ago in 2016. But first we have a voice message from Sara Giannini. And Sara Giannini is an independent curator. She has a background in semiotics, which she studied in Bologna. And then she worked at the ZKM in Karlsruhe. And now she's based in Amsterdam for some years. Actually, she's kind of based on the chair where you were sitting right now, <laughs> partly. Yeah, that's true, because we're in uh, the Yaya Nenene headquarters at the moment, which is a space in the old church in the middle of the red light district. And we share this space with uh, Sarah and a few other people, among which uh, the failed architecture crew. Who also have a podcast, by the way. Exactly. And yes, yeah, Sarah usually sits right here at this table. But now she's a curator in residence at Bard College in upstate New York, where she's doing a research into curatorial ecstasy. And Radna, you asked Sarah to send us a voice message for our podcast, right? True. And I was very curious how she was doing and she told me she's doing well. But um, I don't know, when you do this kind of residency and it's not in New York City, but in upstate New York, a bit in the middle of nowhere. So I can imagine a lot of uh, ecstasy might come out now and then as well. And um, yeah, she sent us this, this message. It's quite a special one, I think. Okay, let's have a listen. Scrolling, waiting, no future, no past, this scroll of God, only now, only me, and everyone. Medication for desire, right here, right now, available at hand, fingering up and down, the attention span, the span of an instant. That young girl, aging, the heart heats, the unwrinkled skins, the lubricated holes, the good ones. I'm behind a glass, captive, captivated. Not for long, not for long, forever. Forever is now. The bus is coming, it's coming, and I've not waited. Didn't Bruce Norman have anything better to do in 68? She asked without looking for an answer. I don't believe in history, I didn't reply. Very baroque. Scrolling while waiting, 
waiting while scrolling, 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 waiting, scrolling, scrolling, waiting, waiting while scrolling, 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 waiting. There's no waiting. There's only scrolling. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Rimangiarsi la parola. The aftertaste of God in my mouth. Hildegard. The voice of her flesh. The flesh of her voice. Saint Teresa. Me. Waiting on my knees. Passionate. In the dark. Waiting. In the dark kitchen. He didn't come. I didn't come. My hungry saliva is watering me for those words. Silence is starving me. I eat, I eat, I eat, I eat ersatz. I get fat, I drink wine. Angela said, the word was made flesh in order for me to become God. I know someone with verbs are so attractive. I wonder a taste on the tip of my tongue. My taste. So that was Sarah, and as promised, um, we have a fragment from the Rijksacademie uh, two years ago in 2016. And for those who don't know what the Rijksacademie is, um, it's a, an art residency based in Amsterdam, uh, quite a big building with around 50 artists who have their studio space there and who can stay there for two years. Half of them is from the Netherlands and the other half is uh, from all over the world. So it's a very international and very great, interesting community to be part of or to visit also. And yeah, the reason why we wanted to play a fragment from this uh, this Rex Academy archive we almost have is partly because the Rex Academy is also where we started, more or less, because um, we have been making radio shows there since 2000, was it 14 or 15? I'm always a bit confused. I think 14, yeah. 14 was when it all started. Um, during this annual event that they have called uh, Open Studios. So it's when artists open up their studios, but... It's a bit more than just opening up a studio. Yeah, it's actually a, a large exhibition, right? Because there are 50 artists, like you said. And some of them have two studios or two spaces that they show works in. And some really approach it more like an exhibition. So you almost enter like a white cube. And others sometimes show like their real studio the sort of the messiness. There's always one artist who is like, no, I'm not going to clean it up. I want to show it more like my studio or more like a kind of coming into someone's house almost. But most of them, yeah, show it more in an exhibition kind of way. Yeah, and it's nice because throughout the year the building is closed to the public and then you kind of get a sense of what's happening there during these two days it used to be and this year it's going to be three days. And then there's a day for the press as well. So for the artists, it's like a five-day like marathon. And I really like being there. I mean, I think for us, because we made these radio shows where we met artists also before or when they were still preparing, it's, it's a re very nice way to get 
more of a look, let's say, behind the scenes or get some insights in how people work there. Because as a visitor, it can be a bit overwhelming to see everything in one day. And I think we have a great luxury that we can have some, you know, views before the opening already and, and really spend some days there with uh, with artists over there. Yeah, that's actually what we are also doing right now, right? Because next weekend on 23rd, 24th and 25th of November, we're back there for three days of live shows. And also this year, there will be a sound out program. We are uh, expanding. <laughs> And I if you know a little bit more about this, because um, you're collaborating uh, with an artist who is at the Rex Academy now, uh, Ana Maria. Yeah, Ana Maria Gomez-Lopez. She will also be in one of our live shows mm -hmm. on Friday. And basically, she initiated um, this sound art program. And she sent out a call to all of the former residents and also the current residents of the Academy and asked them to contribute And right now we almost have 24 hours of material, partly um, things that people send and partly items from the archive. So there's also going to be some vinyl and cassettes and CDs. And yeah, you can listen in the Reichs Academy, but you can also listen on Ja 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 Ne Ne Ne. For three days in a row. I think it will be one of our biggest broadcasts ever. Uh, and I'm quite excited about it. And I think also it's great that Anna Maria is really looking into this sound archive because as she said earlier uh, this week or last week when we met, you know, often when institutions look at their archive, they look at more like tangible artworks or at paper documents. But sound files are a bit more difficult to to, you know, store in a, in, a, in a good way on um yeah so some parts of it uh, were a bit hard to find and she also sees it as a kind of uh, saving some of these artworks uh, so i think it's great she she made this effort um i'm quite sure we will broadcast some of it maybe also later or or you know rebroadcast or um share some of it in the podcast maybe yeah they're really Uh, is a ton of material. So there's a Klingon opera, but there's also the Ur Sonata in Arabic. There are sound pieces that take an hour and are very, I mean, are more like soundscapes. Mm -hmm. um, then there are readings, all kinds of experiments. It's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm looking forward. And for now, we're going to listen to um, a fragment of an older broadcast we did at the Rex Academy. A visual artist who was born in Senegal, educated in Japan, and is currently based in Berlin. Um, and her research focuses on the aesthetics of sadness in the Middle East, stemming from poetry, music, art, and religious practices. Yeah, we met Munira at the Reichs Academy, like you already said, and she joined our radio broadcast with a beautiful reading about the pearl diving tradition in Kuwait, which has been replaced by the oil industry. And Munira presented these sculptures at her first year of the Reichs Academy, There are these floating, pearlescent, shimmering drill hats. And they look really crazy, right? They look super alien, but beautiful. Like like creatures from the sea, in a way. Yeah. So we'll have a listen to the fragment now. And we hope you enjoy it. The color of polycarbonates. My grandfather was a singer on a pearl diving boat. I imagine he sang things like, my head is upside down because of too much love. Because of too much love, it got destroyed. 
In his book, Sons of Sindabad, the Australian explorer Alan Villiers once referred to my grandfather as a mustachioed ruffian with fierce eyes, whose moaning, raspy voice was an affront to the ears of mortal men, and that his fellow sea companions made a strange kind of low, throaty, growling sound, like the distant rumbling of a squadron of bombing airplanes. I'm guessing Alan really didn't understand the music. On an old choppy videotape, the captain of the boat who my grandfather once worked with spoke about an incident when he was lost at sea, where he had to catch two birds, cut them up, and eat them. This rustic primitive life on the coastal Arabian Gulf of utter dependence on the sea and living on boats for sometimes six months of the year to hunt for pearls in the ocean now feels so distant, so ghostly, almost like a fiction. A fiction that someone dreamt up in a government PR agency. The powers that be always attempt to show us our traditional music, clothes, the way we lived, dioramas of old city life, animated by wax figurines and Disney-esque heritage villages. The pearl is meant to be a representation of who we are, the heart of a nation, the cultural identity of our very soul. Sitting in this freezing, air-conditioned, concrete existence, it is not just difficult to imagine or accept that idea, but actually impossible. The main reason behind this disappearance of a culture in its entirety is that an intruder came here and wiped it all away, like a fragile dust cloud evaporating on hot asphalt. The name of that intruder is oil. Like an alien landing from outer space, we touched the black alien slab that is oil and never went back. Our lives, our minds, our bodies, our whole reality transformed, and all connections with the past were lost. We became modern men, modernity here being understood as a psychosomatic condition, violently arising because of random accidents and events, oil itself being a random bounty. The past was effectively erased. But in the ancient Arab tradition, the past is a very important element of contemporary life. It is not a proponent for nostalgia or remembrance. It is alive in the here and now. It is the present. In the words of my favorite Japanese Islamic scholar, Toshihiko Izutsu, to the Arabs, the past is the most sacred present. My name is Mnira Muhammad Isa Ali Yusuf Al-Qadiri. This sequence of names of fathers and grandfathers and great-grandfathers is meant to be a testament to the living past and the present. So I wondered, is there a way to reconcile with the past somehow, to revive it from its slumber and re-articulate its existence in the present and the future, albeit in a disfigured, irregular form? Despite the huge rupture in history caused by oil, this freak petroleum interval will be spoken about in future as a mythical enterprise and future generations will attempt to create some kind of cultural continuity with what preceded oil long as it, after it has become worthless. In order for this to happen, we must give oil some cultural importance, an iconic status that matches the pearl itself. Indeed, in the same way as oil, pearls are also fundamentally intruders. They are formed inside an oyster after bacteria or sand has entered the shell and the oyster wants to protect itself from this unwanted visitor. So pearls are in fact aliens in themselves. The title of this text is inspired by Armenian director Sergei Parajanov's film, The Color of Pomegranates, the pomegranate being the traditional national symbol of Armenia, 
post-Soviet industrialization and the loss of a sense of home. Through this fruit, Parajanov intended to reveal the culture of the three people of Transcaucasia that was being wiped out. Symbols like the pomegranate, more than representing real traditional customs, provide an example of the invention of tradition, an example of creating an alternative, uncorrupted, symbolic universe. After the domination of pearls in this context, I believe our symbolic universe should be represented by the oil drill. The oil drill, a beautiful octopus-like creature covered in gold and diamonds, drilling through the earth to discover and seek out oil. Here, it mimics the figure of the pearl diver as it dives into the sand looking for that hidden treasure. Whether it breaks the surface of the earth or the surface of the water, the process of excavation into the depths remains the same. Whether the excavator is machine or man, poised in a perpetually optimistic downward spiral, searching for the thing that will bring untold utopian riches. They are, in essence, both diving. When looking at a map of oil and gas fields in the Gulf, you can see that the fields are very much concentrated in the vicinity of the coast and the sea. When looking at a map showing the location of pearl beds, they are surprisingly also in the same geographic location. Is it a coincidence that these treasures are concentrated in the same place? There must be some kind of magical connection there that we haven't uncovered yet. But wait, I think I see it now. Imagine a puddle of oil spilled on the side of the road. Now, imagine a bunch of pearls huddled together. They actually have the same color. This is it. This is the magic color, the aesthetic connection that links these two seemingly disparate entities together. The color springs geographically from the same place, whether as pearl or as oil. This is the color of wealth production in the Gulf. Its name is dichroic color. This is the color that should represent our continuity of history, pre and post oil, and the color that signals our advance into a future without oil. In the early 1970s, a wandering British museum, uh, musician sorry, named David Fanshawe passed by the island of Bahrain. With his own eyes, he saw how the culture of the pearl divers was dying. At this critical junction of history, he decided to create a tribute to the divers by recording their songs, alongside himself banging on nearby oil pipes. The sound of the oil pipes, coupled with the voice of the divers, portrayed the first contact between the intruder and the divers. Perhaps this is the only music that accurately portrays our history. Oh, how I wish one day a national synchronized swimming team would dance to it at the future Olympics.
This was a song by uh, David Fenshaw that you also mentioned in uh, in your text, Monira. Welcome and thank you so much for for reading this. Also, thank you for having me. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, you mentioned also in the beginning uh, you referred to your grandfather as being a singer mm-hmm. um, on a pearl diving boat. Mm-hmm. And when I also listened to the background music and the track by by uh, David. Um, yeah, it's a kind of music I didn't hear before. Like, is it specifically related to this culture of pearl diving? Yes, it's it's uh, very kind of uh, specific to the, the region, and uh, yeah, and it's it's it was basically like they had to have music while they were working on the boat for many months because it was very difficult to do that. Um, so the the music kind of was related to their labor. They, so mm-hmm. the, the the rhythm was connected to the uh, the diving process and getting on, uh, you know, making the boat move. And, and also uh, the percussion used is mostly uh, clapping and using pots and pans that they they used to eat with. <laughs> so it's actually not musical instruments at all. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's interesting how um, you know. Uh, David Fanshawe was basically just, you know, a kind of backpacking around the area. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
um, decided to create this crazy track where he's playing banging oil pipes and, and letting the divers sing um, I've never met actually my grandfather he died before I, I was born which makes his life even more kind of fictional to mm-hmm. me um, yeah And is, is this music, um, because you talk about um, yeah, a past that is lost or that is maybe dissolved, is this music also gone now because I the mean pearl they, diving... Yeah, they try yeah. to recreate it now, like in official uh, kind of state narratives about the country and that this is supposed to be our heritage mm. and they you know get these bands to pl- replay this music, but it doesn't actually sound as... As raw and visceral as as the music we just played, um, and they're screaming and banging, yeah, and doing all the sounds, and the, the way that we hear it now is extremely kind of sanitized. It's like a, it's like a cute you know band mm. singing. <laughs> so uh, it used to be much more, I feel like, violent and uh, also sad, and I think that part of it is gone. Like much of our history, we don't know anything about really our. Our local history, it's, it's, um, they, they just tell us about the history of, you know, the, kind of the royal family. And that's mm. it. We don't really know what happened before that. <laughs> so I think that's, yeah, it's also related to what oil did to us. You know? Yeah. Mm. But then you are retelling parts again and connecting. Uh. Yeah, but it's also there's a, a kind of uh, inherent sense of tragedy in all of this. Mm-hmm. And, and my work is very much focused on this feeling. Um, I call it the aesthetics of sadness. <laughs> so that's the main, uh, let's say, c- component of all my work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, also struck me in your work because of a parallel to maybe more European tragedy. Mm-hmm. And that's the tragedy of coal, because mm-hmm. coal has also been replaced by oil. Mm-hmm. In the same way, you're describing the pearl industry mm-hmm. being replaced by oil. And of course, you're presenting 3D printed um, drill heads, mm-hmm. where I, I think you print them with plastic, right? Which exactly. is essentially oil. Exactly. And mm-hmm. just like um, pearl diving, mm-hmm. I think the coal industry also represented a lot of culture that is now has now disappeared but also has been replaced by the invisibility of oils flowing through pipelines mm-hmm. and there's no agency anymore for workers and mm-hmm. unions and also the culture that has been connected to that and also the music actually that has been connected to that now disappeared yeah it's it's actually that's a very good observation i mean um uh, yeah i guess this kind of uh, the coal industry is kind of uh, the main kind of element of industrialized societies and how they started and things like that. And I think the the kind of tragedy or disappearance of this industry is, is also affecting contemporary politics in a very big way. And uh, we have to understand that, you know, that, um, yeah, I mean, the idea of, of labor in connection with these things is very important. And like you said, agency. And uh, oil kind of strips us of this agency somehow. And... Um, Yeah, in Kuwait, the oil industry is, is very concealed from public view. I mean, they say it's it's because of security reasons, but I think it's also a kind of, uh, uh, you know, um, a trigger to show that it's kind of mythological uh, thing that, you know, God blessed us with oil. It's like a magic potion somehow comes mm. out of the earth and now, lo and behold, everyone is rich, you know, and it's... Uh, 
this idea that you're not supposed to know how it works or how what machines are involved or you know we don't have field trips as, as kids to go to the oil field um, so for me it was also like a discovery you know to, to dis- discover the inner machinations of the oil industry it was it was quite interesting for me in that way that why don't I know about these things and nobody does actually <laughs> in that sense also the Um, so for example in Germany mm-hmm. what is left of the mining industry is mm-hmm. also largely actually the cultural mm-hmm. I mean the spaces the huge space are now used for maybe theater and there's maybe some sense of history through culture mm-hmm. I mean in a similar way that you're describing but there's not much sense of the labor that was involved in mm-hmm. also creating the condition we're at now I think yeah exactly I mean the way that pearl diving is is kind of related to us is that it was nice and fun and like mm. <laughs> and this idea that these men were like at sea for six months and, and would drown and die and get sick and and they needed the music not because of its like kind of uh, entertainment value but they needed it to actually cling on to life and they lived in this extreme poverty and were never told about this kind of like the 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 real condition of this and and I have to read books by Australian explorers or some British hippies <laughs> you know about like the, the what was really going on to really this you know find out and um, yeah it, it's uh, it's a sad reality but I mean I'm not trying to be kind of uh, just uh, retroactively looking at it but I want to uh, you know uh, have this I mean if oil collapses now Kuwait will collapse as a country. Um, but I kind of want that to happen and um, I'm trying to prepare <laughs> for its demise basically through the use of color and form and that this color will live on in a different way after oil in a different form in a yeah a different life this was yeah yeah nay 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 with a voice message from Sara Giannini and a fragment from Monira Alkadiri thank you for listening we're li- broadcasting live the coming week at the Rex Academy, so you can tune in at yayayanenene.com for our live broadcasts. Also, if you have any feedback or questions, just get in touch with us through info at yayayanenene.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah.